1: Okay, Alex Cabrero. On with us right now. Uh, I'm curious, Alex, what time is it over there?
0: (laughs) Matt, we're 15 hours ahead over here in Tokyo. So uh, right now it is 6 o'clock in the morning uh, in Japan. In a metropolitan area of roughly 37 million people, there are some parts of Tokyo. That feel eerily empty
1: today on KSL Plus. I'm on the
2: Olympic team. Like what?
1: The best athletes what? from around the world.
2: I feel like this is this is my time to shine. I I am I'm really ready.
1: Are competing on the world's biggest stage.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: In the world's most populated city. I cannot believe the size of this city. Amid a worldwide pandemic. We do the tests because they are a way of filtering out people who might be developing infections, who might become a risk later. The 2021 Summer Olympics, here one year late, are like no other. That was awesome. And our very own KSL TV crew has been on the ground covering it all. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus, KSL TV's digital-only new show and podcast where we take you beyond the headlines, and today I'm talking to one of my colleagues. He is a veteran of the Olympics, here to talk about what sets this event apart from the others.
0: Right, right. With KSL, uh, we have our newscasts because of the Olympics. Normally, our newscasts are are 5 and 6 p.m., but because of the Olympics, our newscasts are at 4 p.m. So that means for me uh, a 7 a.m. hit for KSL TV, which is tough for us because the transportation system here, we're kind of uh, quarantined right now. We're still within our 14-day quarantine window, so we can't take public transportation or anything like that. But there is a shuttle that gets us here to this live shot spot from our sleep hotel but that shuttle is at 5 a.m the next one is at 8 a.m which would be too late for me uh to make the newscast so so we have to catch that 5 a.m shuttle in order for me to be here so it's part of the olympics is sleep deprivation for sure
1: oh man okay well yeah let's get into that maybe first your experience there so far uh how much sleep did you get last night what did you eat for breakfast well take us through a
0: typical day <laughs> Yeah, a typical day is I get up at 4 a.m. because uh, to catch that 5 a.m. shuttle, then I'm catching up on all my emails because we all know how much our managers at KSL love sending emails. So it takes a, a little bit of time to uh, <laughs> to go through all that stuff, figure out the day. Uh, once I get here, we turn on all this broadcast equipment you see behind me. We test it. We make sure it's still good. Uh, you can't see it from this shot, but this camera right here, yep, here is uh, looking out at the uh, Tokyo Bay where you can see that rainbow bridge and those Olympic rings. If you've been watching KSL television, you've You've seen our backdrop there a little bit. Uh, we do those live shots, and then we prepare our day. We find out what stories we want to cover. What have we done before? What a big uh, Olympic news is of the day. We find out where our local athletes are competing. Um, we what's different about this Olympics is the access. Uh, the pandemic, of course, is still going on. Tokyo's numbers with COVID very high. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about just how the numbers continue to increase. So uh, that's why we're in that 14-day quarantine window as local journalists. We can't get out into the city. We can't uh, use public transportation, no cabs, no trains. We can't even really go into any restaurants as well unless unless we can go out and be back in 15 minutes. We are still quarantined, but one of the things we can do is leave our hotel room for 15 minutes at a time to go to this 7-Eleven so we can get snacks, a little bit of food, some drinks. So let's go in and I'll show you a little bit of what you can get. So that's why we go to (laughs) 7-Eleven to get food. Plenty of ramen, things like that. I posted this on Facebook. People seem to get a kick out of this. This is a shrimp cutlet with sauce. I haven't tried this yet. I'm not a huge fan of shrimp, but uh, some people would really like this stuff. The ice cream selections check this out. I mean, it's what? It's 830 in the morning here and it is definitely not too early for ice cream uh, if you want to get some ice cream. I love McDonald's. I'm a picky eater. There's a McDonald's within 15 minutes of here, but you get that stuff and then you come back uh, because when you leave your sleep hotel or your work hotel where we are here for these live shot locations, there's somebody with the Tokyo Olympic organizing committee. You have to sign out uh, with your badge number. We all have these these badges right here that are credentials with NBC and then with the uh, organizing committee. And there are numbers on here and we have to give um, that government official our number. They check it out. They put down what time you leave. And then you have to be back within 15 minutes. What happens if you're not, I haven't tested it that far yet, but um, I'm thinking about it, (laughs) but then we do all that. We get our food. We, we interview our local athletes. We come back here, we edit, we do all the stuff. And then usually the stuff we do today will air tomorrow for us so we're always a day ahead uh, to try to make the, the whole scheduling work.
1: So when does your quarantine period end?
0: Two more days. Two more days, wow. man. In fact, let me see if I can bring up the app over here. Today is our halfway day. Um, two more days and then we can go out and about. So all of us who come here to the Olympics, we have to get this this app that uh, that shows us when we are allowed to go out every single day. We have to take our temperature. Uh, we enter it into the government app. Um, we had to get COVID tested on days one, two, three, ten, 10, which we did, uh, and then again on 14 right before we go. So let me see if I can find – yeah, there's this thing here. It's called the uh, List of Registered Health Condition. I click that. Oh, of course, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. Yeah, here we go. And you can see right here I am not cleared yet. Alejandro, that's my full legal name, if you didn't know that. i go been Alex my whole life, though. But I've been here 12 days, and I'm not cleared yet. So we think on day 15, this thing is supposed to turn green, and once it turns green, we can show that anywhere we go that we've done the quarantine, uh, and then they let us go. So two more days, maybe three more days, and then uh, we, uh, we can explore the city, and then tell those cultural stories of Japan that we all want to see, You know, Shibuya Crossing, going out to different areas. Uh, the sights and sounds we haven't really been able to do that yet but we're 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 getting there for sure
1: well we wanted to talk to you specifically alex because you can put this into context for us because i mean how many olympics have you covered and uh look we can we can compare a little bit on on your experiences so far
0: yeah no the tokyo is my sixth olympic games i've been very fortunate at ksl i've been honored to witness so much olympic greatness tokyo is my sixth games to cover a lot of Olympics, but really one job, bring all that greatness home so you can feel the electricity just like I do. Alex Cabrero, part of the one team that has you covered, the KSL Tokyo Olympic team. Uh, I think I just keep messing up and they're going to keep sending me until I get it right. But I know Tokyo is number six and this one by far has been the most difficult Olympics to cover simply because of the lack of access and being able to get out into the city. Uh, With all the other Olympics, we usually get here maybe five, six days before opening ceremony. And that's when we go out into the town and find those really good local stories about uh, all sorts of things. I remember in Beijing 08, we would go to the Forbidden City, we went to Tiananmen Square, we went to the Great Wall of China, and we would do stories there to bring those stories back uh, to Utah so that people could see maybe what life is like a little bit. We haven't been able to do that here because of the quarantine, but also access to athletes. I mean, all of us have put in to try to get. You know, we have Jake Gibb and Beach Volleyball from Bountiful. Uh, We had a a BMX racer, a cross-country mountain bike racer from Park City, Haley Batten competing. Normally, as the media with these credentials, you can get into what we call the mixed zone. That's where you – they're like little stalls for the media where you interview athletes after their competition. They come through, you stop, you chat with them. Um, We had to put in requests this time in order to do that even with our credentials. They're trying to separate journalists and athletes as much as possible – um, you know, social distancing and stuff. And I would say more than half of our requests have been denied. Um, normally on the normal Olympics, you could just go there, you're already credentialed, you can go there and do it. This time we haven't been able to do that. So a lot of our requests have been denied. So we don't have access to our local athletes. We rely on NBC, uh, who maybe has a camera there who can interview our athlete for us and then send us that interview. But You lose that one-on-one relationship. So this one has really been different from a lot of the Olympics I've covered. More difficult than them. Um, Rio de Janeiro, the summer 2016, that was difficult for a whole bunch of other reasons. This one's difficult because we all want to get out there and tell those stories and meet our athletes. That's why we love our jobs. Uh, But we just haven't been able to do that a whole lot this time
1: around, Matt. Uh, You mentioned you touched on transportation. So how long does it take for you to get from your hotel to your actual workspace?
0: Right. From our sleep hotel to our workspace, if you catch those shuttles just right, we have direct shuttles with NBC because a lot of the NBC crews are sleeping in a hotel where we're sleeping, and a lot of the NBC crews are based out of the hotel where we're doing these live shots. That shuttle is about 20 minutes, but there are only a few of those shuttles every single day, so you can do it in 20 minutes if you catch it. If I was to catch the media buses, which they have kind of set up for us, there's a transfer involved, and that can be an hour 15 to an hour and a half one way just to get to our spot. So that can be really, you know, that can be challenging just to, to, to go. I mean, our sleep hotel is across the Bay. It's maybe four miles away in reality, but it could take us an hour and a half with the transfers, the way the transportation is set up just to get there. That's going to change. Once we get cleared, we then have access to the trains. We have access to the monorail. We have access to the taxi cabs. Then it will be a lot faster. We're all looking forward to catching that monorail. Does it stop right by our sleep hotel There's a stop right here by a work hotel and everybody's telling us that I've been through the 14 days. It only takes like 15 minutes. So um, transportation is tricky. Same thing. when We want to go interview our athletes. We leave. We catch a media bus from here. We go to the central kind of grand central station of where all the media buses are based out of. And then it spokes out to all the venues. So uh, and then you find the bus that goes to the venue you want to go to. And we catch that bus if you've been approved to go. That's the other part, again, is that approval process. We've been denied so often. And all the affiliates with NBC, it's not just KSL. We've all been denied access because of our social distancing and the pandemic.
1: So you mentioned some of the, the, the challenges from a media perspective. What, talk about some of these athletes. I mean, this has to be just such a unique experience for each of them, even those who have been to several of these before.
0: Yeah. And we've chatted with a whole bunch of our athletes about how different these Olympics are. The first thing the athletes notice is how quiet it is when they're competing. There's crowds aren't allowed inside the stadium. So uh, it's it's kind of funny you say it in a weird way, but the silence can be so loud. You you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's, it's quiet where they can fear they can feed off the cheers of the crowd during normal competitions that pumps them up it amps them up it gets them going. But this time, there's nobody there. It almost feels like, are we really doing this for these athletes? And um, a lot of the athletes we spoke with, especially, I I chatted with, um, there's a shooter from the University of Utah, Alexis Lagan. Uh, She's a pistol shooter here at the Olympics.
2: I never thought about going to the Olympics in any discipline, let alone in shooting. And the University of Utah was kind of my gateway to that.
0: And she says normally she would have her family with her going to these competitions around the world. This is her first Olympics. She was really looking forward to having her husband with her.
2: It was something that they were really looking forward to. Something that I was really hoping to have is that family connection.
0: Salt Lake City climber Kyra Condi, normally her family goes with her everywhere to these Olympics, um, to the competitions this is her first Olympics. But this time they can't have their family members with them. Mom and dad can't come. Husband, wife can't come. Uh, spouse can't come. Kids can't come. Friends can't come. So for the athletes, it is very different because they they feel like they, they know their family supports them, no doubt about it, but they're not here with them. So it's very different for these athletes. And then you mix that in with the uh, empty stadiums. Uh, that can be tough for them.
1: The challenges that athletes face was really brought to light just in the last 24, 48 hours with Simone Biles you know, dropping out of the finals.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, Simone Biles is definitely the big story here, not only for us journalists from the United States, but also international journalists. Everybody's talking about Simone Biles. She is the face of the United States team in probably our biggest uh, summer Olympic sport, the gymnastics. Uh, Americans, we love our gymnastics team. And for her to take a step back because of the mental challenges – yeah that is a big deal and mental health is uh it's definitely a huge issue a lot more people are paying attention to it it's being spoken about but uh but to have uh, our top athlete the face of the Olympics take a step back for mental health challenges I yeah yeah that's something a lot of people are talking about for sure and and is it because things are different we don't know is it is it harder to focus because there is no crowd that it, it just feels so different uh, it's it's hard to say but Um, And none of us will know what that feels like. None of us are ever going to be the face of an Olympic Games. But uh, I I was able to chat with somebody who was, if you know Nathan Chen, he's a figure skater who was from Salt Lake City, was raised in Salt Lake City. Uh, He was the face of the 2018 United States Olympic team going into the, uh, the Pyeongchang Games in South Korea. And if you remember his skate, I mean, he was expected to win gold. He won everything beforehand and he's won everything since. But there was this one skate. His short program in the 2018 Olympics where he fell and he stumbled several times and it was a shock to everybody because that wasn't Nathan Chen. That doesn't happen. And you could see in his face, he was like, what happened? It really turned things and uh, he didn't medal. What's interesting with his case is that short program, he fell. I think he ended up in 16th or 17th place, but then he had his free skate program and, he, and it was flawless. He ended up coming in fourth place, just missing a bronze medal, even though that that short program Uh, He fell and stumbled several times, and he's won every competition afterwards. But I I had a chance to do a Zoom interview with him. He was very gracious to give us a few minutes uh, after one of his trainings. He trains in California now. And he said to me that 2018 was very
2: difficult. He didn't enjoy the Olympic experience. Last Olympics, I was there, I was just stressed out the entire time, like did not enjoy that experience. Of course it's Olympics, so I like try to remind myself, oh, you know, like this is such a cool time. But I really just couldn't get over the fact that it was you know, such a stressful moment.
0: He was going in there very robotic that he had to win. All the marketing, all the branding, all the commercialization, every single NBC poster, you see all the athletes. And then the big one was of Nathan Chen. That's what you see with Simone Biles for these Olympics and he remembers the 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 anxiety he felt and the stress he felt and it got to him he said it, it it really got to him and he didn't enjoy it going through that experience after competing and and failing per se um he said he learned a lot about himself about how to how to maybe go into the 2022 uh, Winter Olympics in Beijing which is only like six months away he says this time he realizes he can be human
2: you know I'm really excited for it and I think going into 2018 I had the perspective of being like you know I'm there to win I have this opportunity to win that's it and it didn't really turn out that way you know and I found as I've uh, grown as a skater you know the less I focus on just being there to win the better I skate and the more I can go to the competition and recognize like you know the How cool it is! How you know these these opportunities are so limited, right? Like I'm not gonna have my whole life to be able to do this. So within this window of time that I'm competing, it's just like such a cool cool time for me to be here. And and, you know, as as long as I can recognize that, respect my fellow competitors, and respect the opportunity that I get, you know, I generally find myself skating quite well. So. You know that's the attitude that I'm taking into this games, and hopefully that'll that'll help me out. It's the Olympics.
0: Yes, there's pressure, but it's supposed to be fun. So he has a really interesting perspective on on exactly how to handle these uh, the Olympics, the pressure of the Olympics, the mental pressure of the Olympics, and I uh, look the physical pressure. I mean, none of us are ever going to be as in shape as those guys. I could take off my shirt and show you how in shape I am, but but it's the mental challenge that's that's probably even more important uh, than the physical aspects of the Olympics. That's really tough and something. Most of us will never understand that.
1: Right. Yeah, so much pressure on these athletes. Uh, I'm curious, though, if there are any other stories or, or athletes that you've met just in the last few weeks or even the weeks before, because I know you guys did a lot of work before you actually went out there, uh, that, re- that standout that you want to talk about.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, we're really looking forward to the U.S. climbing team. They, they get playing in competition here next week in Tokyo. Uh, U.S. climbing moved from Boulder, Colorado to set up a base in Salt Lake City. USA Climbing is now based in Salt Lake City. Uh, for the past couple of years which for us which it was our first summer sport to be based there um we have u.s ski and snowboard that's based in in park city we have a uh, u.s speed skating out there in Kearns at the utah olympic oval uh we've always been a winter olympic place but the transition of utah really coming into summer sports as well has been really interesting we have more athletes competing in these summer olympics with utah ties than ever before and uh, and seeing uh, uh a big sport like climbing, which is making its Olympic debut now being based in Salt Lake City. Uh, that's pretty cool and something we're interested in looking at. And one of the four U.S. climbers, Nathaniel Coleman, was born and raised in Salt Lake City. He's one of our own. He didn't, like, move here just for training. He's actually one of our own and is on the Olympic team. So we're really looking forward to seeing how he does. And then one of the big climbers, Kyra Condi, as I mentioned before, she's from Minnesota, but moved to Salt Lake City in the last year to be part of that training program so uh, we're really looking forward to our climbers getting going, and uh, I think that's going to be a fun competition. And uh, kind of how snowboarding was the rock star sport when that came out more than 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm dating myself. I think when people see speed climbing and going up that wall that fast, I think that's really going to be interesting for a lot of people to see.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And I know surfing, skating, I mean, there are several that were uh, sort of uh, new this, uh, this Olympics. That's right.
0: Right. Well, the climbing is new. Uh, skateboarding, surfing, uh, karate, and uh, baseball and softball. And that's back baseball and softball. That was last at the twenty, uh, the 2008 Beijing Games. Uh, it went away, but Japan was able to bring them back because they love baseball and softball out here. So, um, in fact, softball, just the Japanese team just won the gold medal in softball. They're, they were better than the American team. Um, and now baseball is getting going. So, yes, we have some new sports to ha- to see and have fun with here.
1: I have never seen a city like this. It's incredible, it's incredible. A lot of eyes on Tokyo right now, I mean the biggest, most populated city in the world with the biggest this event happening. No. Oh look, more vending machines. <laughs> everywhere uh you're gonna come home in a few weeks what are you gonna say when people say uh how was it how'd it go
0: just... <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out what i'm going to tell my friends because all they think is that we just go here we sit and we watch all the events and we don't do any work and then we just talk about it but no it's certainly a lot of work we do a lot of uh i mean we do okay, routinely 16 17 hour days
1: like a really popular area that tourists will come
0: but what am i going to say i don't know yet uh, i'm known as a pretty picky eater um, I'm going to say it's been interesting only eating 7-Eleven food and McDonald's so far. There was even a Wendy's I had the other night, which that chicken sandwich was amazing. But some of the things, I mean, like check out, this is a snack here. Uh, I, that's shrimp. I don't, I don't like seafood, but uh, our crew says this is pretty tasty. Um, these kinds of things, they're like little rice snacks. These, these aren't that bad. They're pretty delicious. I, I can't complain about that. And then I know I had some tea over here. Uh, I do like green tea. And there's all sorts of different teas and stuff you can buy. So the food experience has been really good. You can also get, what is that? Squid, spicy grilled and dried squid soy sauce taste. Wow. I didn't try this. Some of my teammates are trying this, my colleagues, and they say it's not too bad. And one of our photographers were with um, Aubrey Schaefer. She's fluent in Japanese. So uh, she's lived here for several years. And uh, So having her along has really helped us out to try to navigate this place. So I don't know yet what I'm going to say to my friends. Today is our halfway day. We're halfway through before we get back there to Utah. So right now, I think the story is definitely, well, yeah, Simone Biles, but also the the pandemic, just getting around. I mean, when we are out and about, when we are not on our spaces, masks are everywhere. People are wearing masks everywhere. We have hand sanitizing everywhere. Um, right now, it's it's uh, probably just getting around in this pandemic has been uh, definitely probably what I'm going to tell my friends and, and the lack of access and how difficult that has been.
1: Talk about who else is there with you?
0: Yeah, we're very fortunate. KSL, we sent five people this time. Um, Shara Park, our morning anchor, is here. Uh, Jeremiah Jensen, our our main sports guy, is here. He's back there right now getting ready for a newscast. Uh, Then photographer's Aubrey Schaefer, who is fluent in Japanese, has lived here in Tokyo. Uh, We're very fortunate to have her. And Tanner Sigworth is also here. Uh, and Tanner was with me in the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang, so uh, so he knows kind of what this experience, what to uh, what to expect if things were normal, of course. And then myself, so we have five members, and uh, we represent uh, KSL in Salt Lake City very well because we sit in a newsroom down. This is our live shot room here, but there is a room downstairs that's kind of the newsroom for all the NBC affiliates who send crews from all across the country. And uh, typically, stations will send one or two people. But since Salt Lake City loves its Olympics so much and uh, we do very well with Olympics programming, uh, KSL, we send five of our crew, uh, five people to be a part of our crew just because of the number of the athletes uh, that we do. And we like to have somebody in every single newscast. Sherrod does the morning. I then do the mid-afternoon. And uh, JJ takes care of the evening newscast. So we have it staffed around the clock for the Olympics.
1: Very nice. Yeah. And Utah, we love our Olympics.
0: So, yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> yes,
1: we do. Um, okay, Alex, you kind of hinted at it before, but you're halfway through your experience now, but six months out to the next Olympics, are you going to be back uh, in Beijing?
0: Yes, yes. Six months from now will be the Beijing Olympics. Uh, uh, they've Again, I'm not getting this one right, so my boss has decided let's give him another shot to get it right. So, yes, I'll be on our Beijing team for uh, team for 2022. Uh, and I was at the 2008 Summer Olympics Beijing's game, so I do have a little sense of... Uh, of the area, I guess you could say uh, a little sense as to how the media buses should work and where we will be based and such. I hear a lot of that is going to be the same as far as where we will be based for 2022. The tricky part is the mountains in Beijing are way away uh, yeah. from downtown Beijing. So we're going to be relying a lot on bullet trains uh, to get out to the, those venues. I think Matt, you have experience in China, right? You know. Yeah, yeah you know this. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a very cold. interesting. Cold. Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back doing this again in six months. Usually we have about a two-year break between Olympics. But right. since this one, Tokyo was pushed back a year because of the, of the pandemic. I mean, nobody's really talking about Beijing because we're still talking about Tokyo. But as soon as this one's done, it's like, wait, we got to do this again in five and a half months. Right. So, yeah, we'll be ready to crank it up one more time for sure.
1: All right. Okay, Alex, anything I didn't ask you you want to mention to uh, our Utah viewers and listeners here?
0: I just, you know, thank you for all the support. One of the cool things about bragging rights with these Olympics, we all get our ratings as to how well each of our affiliates has done with um, with the broadcasting of the Olympics, and Salt Lake City is always at the top of the list, so when we go into that newsroom and we see the Los Angeles crew, the Denver crew, Houston, you name the cities, we kind of walk in a little high like, yeah, Salt Lake City, we're, we're number one. We get the gold medal, and uh, that's something we're certainly proud of.
1: Awesome. Okay, thanks a lot, Alex. Appreciate it. See you later, man. you can find Alex's, Shara's, Jeremiah's reports on KSL TV and KSLTV.com for the next couple of weeks. They're also documenting their experiences on their social media pages. Uh, But that does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone, and we'll see you again next week.